Hey, everybody, guess what time it is? That's right, it's time for The New Guys, which is where you're at. It's the podcast that you're currently listening to. And who's this speaking to you? It's me, River Butcher, one of the hosts of this podcast. Um, I was just in Minneapolis, and thanks to everybody that came out. I just want to say that real quick uh, before I introduce my co-host, Gabe Dunn. How's Gabe Dunn doing? Hey, it's me, Gabe Dunn. Uh, I'm good. I am I... Thank you to everyone for donating to the Seed and Spark for my movie, You and I, You and mm-hmm. Me. We got greenlit. So, mm-hmm. yeah, well, that means we get the money. Woo! That's great. Congratulations. Really happy for you. Thank you. And your your drag bingo went well? It did. Yeah, great. we made uh, we made a good amount of money. People, we like almost sold it out. People, my sister works at the place and she said that that does not always happen. Nice. So, Congratulations. very exciting. Thank you. Bingo's yeah. so fun. They move so fast. It's like nah, 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 nah. they're <laughs> hammering through the bingo. Wow. You better, if you even look away for one second, you're going to miss something. You're dead. Okay. All right. Well, I'm like, got my face in a big margarita and I'm like <laughs> trying to do bingo while also drinking my face size margarita. Yeah. Yeah. It's very hard to do. That's very, that's a lot to do. That's a lot to, to, um, <laughs> To, to juggle i was gonna say it's a lot to jungle but that's not the right word there i actually like that it's a lot to jungle. it's a lot to jungle man that's what we're gonna I, i'm gonna start saying that now it's more of a like chaotic of like it's a juggling but it's not just happening to you it's happening around you as well it's yeah like, yeah that's kind of what i mean you know juggle in the, in the jungle now that's right <laughs> um how have you been in general in jungle how have you been i'm okay mm-hmm. uh I'm okay. I'm like work stuff's moving and grooving. Mm-hmm. I'm um I found a big TV right before we got you here. You did find a big TV, yes. So uh, I found it on the street and we're gonna see if it works. Yeah. We and, never know. And well and it's it's way too big. Yeah. Like it's gonna look funny in my house. But I said to my straight guy friend who was helping me move it, I said, oh, can you imagine watching Drag Race on this thing? <laughs> and he was like, wow. No, I could imagine watching the Super Bowl. Like, yeah, sure. Okay, well, think about I bet it was somebody who just got it for that and then got rid of it. That's um, so wasteful. Yeah. You know what else is wasteful? Our tax dollars funding genocide in Palestine during the Super Bowl. Um, I just wanted to, uh, I don't know. I feel like now that we've uh, talked about it, I've just like, would be remiss if we don't um, talk about it. And um, that I, it's just, you know, it's just, it, it, I was flying when when the Super Bowl was happening and when uh, the um, the uh, uh, ethnic cleansing happened in Rafa. And so um, it's just like, I'm sure, I don't know what to say about it other than to say that it's happening because I feel like so, so, so many places are not. And so uh, to just be one of many people who are like, hey, this is what's happening and that's what it is, um, I think is kind of an important thing, part to play. Um, I just had a bunch of shows in Minneapolis uh, at a comedy club. And so primarily my audiences were very like straight and like pretty heteronormative, which was interesting, but a lot of queer people came out. So I'm not, it's just like there was a majority except for Saturday night at eight. Like that's the one that all the queer folks came to. Um, But many of them came up to me and like, were grateful that I was like saying things about it. So I say that not to be like, Hey, I'm so great. Cause I'm talking about this. I'm saying that because I'm sharing it. Cause like people, this is not about me. It's like just anybody, like people are listening. You have no idea what like sharing what's going on for you or, or what you believe in, in the world is going to do for other people, you know? And so I guess I'm just putting that out there. And like, I, I don't know, a friend of mine, Ahmed Barucha, who's a actor comedian, he was in an episode of take my wife, the first season of the television show that I made, uh, in 2016. Um, and he posted an app that is called like no basically and like you can open it and um if you're shopping if you're grocery shopping or whatever you can scan the barcode of an item and see if it funds um the genocide if it funds israel um and so i know it's small that's a very small thing but it's not nothing you know um and so you know short of us all going on like a tax strike which i think we should do but I, I don't know how many people would do it you know it's just it's a small way to to actively not participate it's not about like oh now my um you know my hands are clean it's more just like oh wow uh, personally for me it's like i'm i'm i want to witness how much 
is funding this and see how because that's what I keep opening my eyes to and and that I keep participating in for myself is that um this is not like some far off thing like my everyday is is participating in uh the genocide that Israel's perpetrating on Palestine not unlike uh, the displacements and genocides in Sudan and Congo and other places that I am not thinking of right now. So um, anyway, it's just like, I, I also like, it's just, everything is connect. Like there's nothing, nothing is separate from anything else. And so um, I guess uh, that's just kind of what I wanted to share about that. It's just, it's, it's alarming. And like the fact that that happened during the Super Bowl has just made it even more abundantly clear that it's like the, the U S is like, not just like participating, but like actively, like I know they're actively funding it, but to watch that happen while everyone's watching this other thing was like, wow, there it is. You know, <laughs> like it's, you really can't look away from that, you know, that factor. Yeah. It's almost too right on. Like it's almost too. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like that's what they're counting on is like, it's so clear that they're like, well, it couldn't be this, you know? Um, I, I, that's kind of America's thing. That's kind of how we roll, you know. And what you were saying also about saying, oh, it's going to, you know, it, it's me being self-congratulatory or whatever. I was going to say it's not because it probably allows other people to feel like they can speak up too. So I don't, yes. I wasn't yeah, taking yeah. it as you being self-congratulatory. Mm -hmm. Sure, yeah. I guess I just, you know, yeah, yeah, you're right. And that's what I meant. You know, it's like we, if we don't say the things, we're not saying the things, you know, and then it helps to be reminded by other people that like, Hey, this is helpful to me. So, um, uh, but yeah, so we, uh, that, that all being said, we're going to do some listener mail, right? You have some, uh, you have all listener mail for us. Yeah. Well, I have that. And also I have, um, uh, someone saying, uh, if you, if you donate to our co-v.com slash the new guys, it helps us pay our producer, Logan. It also helps us keep making this show. Uh, you guys That's have right. been really, really amazing doing that. But I was going to say somebody donated and said, love the show. Thanks for making the free Palestine episode. All of our struggles are connected. So it doesn't, it doesn't go into the ether river. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, of course it doesn't. And um, I'm saying that to encourage everyone else to do the same. It doesn't go into yeah. the ether, right. <laughs> you know? Um, so that, so now, okay. So now here is some mail. This is mail from Gabriel. What? <laughs> is it me? No, it's not. Okay. Hi. Hello. Are my words being immortalized on a podcast? That's super cool. They are. In fact, here they are. Okay. Now that that's out of the way, my new name is Gabriel. Ha ha. Another Gabe. I'm in my early 20s. I use they, him pronouns, at least for now. And I had my gender crisis about seven months ago. Two problems. And if you could give me any words of advice, I'd appreciate it. Honestly, picking just two gender problems was hard enough. I'm in my <laughs> early 20s and I have no idea what I'm doing. Tell me about <laughs> it. <laughs> First is that I've known I'm not cis for a year now. And still the only people that know are my immediate family members and friends. I want to get to a place where I can tell my extended family and post my pronouns and maybe my name change on social media. But I'm still scared. It doesn't help that I can't seem to pick a gender identity, so I don't even know what to tell them I am. Mm. It's not that it would be unsafe. I'm an adult, and it's not like they could ground me or kick me out, but I have placed my value in the opinion of others too much for years, and just the thought of other people judging me or thinking poorly of me makes me anxious. I know I can't mm. control other people or their opinions, so it feels easier to just never tell them at all, but I don't want to play cis every Christmas and other holidays. A lot of them are severely conservative and closed-minded. I'm pretty sure I just need to get to a place where I don't need their approval anymore, but that seems impossible and kind of lonely. <laughs> what do you think I can do to get to a place where I feel where I feel comfortable telling the world who I am? Mm. And then there's a bit of a dovetail uh, with this person getting top surgery and their mother saying that if they want to do physical changes, they'll have to do it themselves and and they won't pay for any of it or you know, give them any help in that aspect or support. Mm, mm -hmm. um, and so what do I, like, what should this person do if they don't want them to even recover from the surgery at home or or don't mm. give them support in a way that the financial support indicates they might not provide as well? So I feel like those two questions do go together, actually. Mm. Well, I mean, yeah. And like, look, I'm just a, I'm just a guy with a podcast, <laughs> a, a guy with a podcast with another guy, you know? So like, don't, uh, I don't, I don't know ultimately, but it does sound like if, you know, it, at first they're like, Hey, I have the love and support of my family. 
But when it comes to top surgery, I don't. So to me, I'm like, well, it sounds perhaps like this stability that you, you feel like you have, you you maybe don't have it to this degree that you think maybe, I don't know. Um, and so like, also it's just, life is hard. And so I, I don't know. I mean, it sounds like if, if this person who happens to be your mother is not willing to support that, then yeah, you have to find another way to do it if you want to do it. And I know from experience that if there, if something is meant for me, um, and I believe that these things are when we, as soon as we're like, Hey, I think I want this. It's meant for you. Um, the universe will provide that for you. It might not be like the way you think it should go, you know, or how other people even tell you, like your mother should feel this way, but it's like, that's just not the case for everybody. You know, like it just, you know, not everybody has a mother, so not everybody's mother yeah, could like work with what you do have. Yeah. And, and you might not have it yet is the thing. And you might just have to be a little patient, similar to the like talking to these people. I mean, I guess in my experience, I haven't been able to build my self-esteem without doing something about it. I can't just wait to get to a place where I won't X, Y, Z, you know? And so something that was very helpful for me uh, was writing out, like having a specific interaction with a person that upset me um, and then writing out how I felt and what I wanted to say to them. And then I read it out loud to somebody else and I never even read it to that person because it no longer mattered anymore. <laughs> now, is that what's going to happen for you? I don't know. But I guess I just like, there is a, you can get to a place where like, letting all these people know ends up not even being the thing that you need to know. But I do know I have to get out of my head about it and like write it on paper, say it out loud to somebody else, or even like record myself saying it and then listening to it so that it's like not in my head, you know, like that it's actually out speaking these things out into the world takes a lot of the power out of the thoughts of projecting into Christmas and projecting into what they may or may not do you know, and just getting centered in your own experience of yourself and those people's opinions, because you said it yourself, like you can't control those. None of us can control that at all. But it doesn't mean I don't have to live my life. Well, that's growing up. That's that's people pleasing and growing up and growing out of your family of origin. And, you know, I, it, transness is its own specific experience. But in this way, it is universal in that, yep. you know, you're always... Growing up and becoming your own person outside of your family of origin is always going to disappoint someone. <laughs> yeah, 100%. always going to be someone who's mad you didn't do it this way or mad yep. you didn't do it that way. Gender just happens to be a super big hot topic one. Yeah, but it, it's really easy for people be, to have opinions on that. Yeah, yeah, like it's always going to be something. Why did you marry that person? Why did yeah. you go to school for that? Why, Why did you, you get doctor? that dog? Yeah, it's always <laughs> yeah. going to be something. Mm -hmm. So the faster you come to terms with being okay letting people down or disappointing people yeah. when you're not disappointing yourself yeah like when you're just like i'm sorry you wanted that but i didn't but also yeah and and i would just add gabe to what you're saying which i i agree with what you're saying you could even change the framing just a little bit which is like being okay with people thinking they're let down <laughs> like like i'm not letting any if you're not letting yourself down then you're not letting but by, by simply living your life we're not talking about like Hey, I didn't show up as a friend. We're talking about like, you know, I'm I'm making my life choices. I'm doing what I would like to do for myself, what I feel is best for me. Y you cannot let any no one can be let down by that. If someone is let down by that, that's 100% on them. It has nothing to do with you. So like, even just a little cuz I have to do that stuff too of just like, you know, I can let people down. It's like, I'm not letting anybody down <laughs> by by, you know, changing my gender markers and doing all this stuff. You know, it has zero to do with me you know so i mean i wish you all the best and all the like it sounds like you do have friends and so that's probably who you can begin to lean on and lean into as a as a as a growing human you know that like your family of because that's the thing if it sounds like you do have some amount of support and acceptance from your family the close family they have a limit and what's great is if you have friends, they probably don't have that same limit. And so you can lean towards them and like, you know, the family members either keep coming or they don't, you know, and like we get to just keep 
living our lives because life is hopefully very long and like it's up to them to come back around and again or not you know yeah and you can tell the world without telling every single person like i'm Mm -hmm. not against you just changing stuff on your social media and letting them come to you yeah yeah well i hope that that helped um and we'll be back after this break with an interview with vico ortiz so stay tuned Oh my goodness. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the new guys. Uh, We hope you didn't go too far away, and we're glad you're back. Um, Because I'm very excited. I think I speak for myself and Gabe uh, for our next uh, guest on the pod. Um, They are wonderful, and uh, we're going to let them introduce themselves. Vico Ortiz, welcome to the new guys. Thanks for being Uh, here. Thank you. Thank you. Buena, buena, mi amores. (laughs) I am Vico Ortiz. I use they, them pronouns. Ella en español. I am a Puerto Rican, born and raised actor, voice actor. Apparently, I host a podcast, too, a dating show podcast. Oh, wow. Um, Look at that. So we can talk about that. Um, I am non-binary, uh, trans, polyamorous, and uh, all-around goofball, just noodly nice. everywhere. <laughs> what What is the dating show? So it's called They My Abuelita First, and essentially, Abuelita acts like a like an algorithm. Like she's the one that likes like sees all the contestants and decides who gets to date the main dater through a series of games. And I just get to co-host and make sure that she doesn't like date one of the contestants because she really wants wow. to. <laughs> just kidding. I also too, I'm a Libra, so I'm flirting with everybody. I was um, gonna say, what yeah. what's your stats? Cause you gave us so many stats and then that was missing. So I was, I was curious. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm a Libra, uh, uh-huh. Sag Rising, Scorpio Moon, Woo! Virgo Venus. It's a good time. Yeah, that's a good time. It's a good time. That's yeah. a big old time. It's a big old time. <laughs> Now that we're all, now that I'm like, now that I've assembled all of the signs and we're like, okay, we're going to work as a team, nice. I feel yeah. a little bit better. I think when I was kind of just w- operating from a few, it was a little chaotic mm. and it still is, but I feel a little bit more grounded. So we're, yeah. we're in it. Um, the Virgo Venus is really just like rattling the troops. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was going to say, cause it's like. Similar to me where it's a very chaotic chart, but then there's like one thing that's like, hey, what if you were ambitious and you got your work done and you were reliable and you did it? Exactly. And I'm like, okay. And I grasp onto that with like my nails. Absolutely. Yeah. There's that one sign who's like literally pulling everyone's like, wait, it's, it's that Virgo Venus for me. Yeah. Um, it's a My Taurus moon, though. I think, is doing a lot of that work. It's like, go home. <laughs> It's that earth. Are we all? I know that you're a Gemini, Gabe. Um, River, what's you? I'm a I'm a double Leo. I'm a Leo sun, Leo rising. So I'm Ooh. I'm very much a Leo. Ooh, so yeah, that those earth signs are like being like, hi, yeah. stay grounded. Calm down. That's just like <laughs> yeah, that's pull right. through. Come back. Lovely. Yeah. Good for so us. So this dating show, where is it at? Like what what where is it showing? Where it's can we under see it? the My Cultura Podcast Network, and oh, cool. anywhere you can hear podcasts, I think you it's available. It. I should know this because um, <laughs> I say it in the credits all the time. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's available for sure on the iHeartMedia app, and uh, and you can also find it on Spotify um, as well as Apple. Um, now, here's my question: what What qualifies you as a dating host? What are your dating qualifications, Vico? <laughs> I'm like, Honestly, what doesn't qualify that? <laughs> I gen- <laughs> you know, <laughs> genuinely, I had no idea that I was ever qualified to be par- a host at a dating show. But I actually really am enjoying myself. You know, I'm in deep. I'm deep in therapy. Um, mm. I've been doing a lot of. I'm, I am polyamorous as well, so I've had to go through many a conversations, many a uh, processes. Lots of spreadsheets. Really, yeah, tons of spreadsheets, Google calendars, and just really be really clear about like my capacity. What is it that I want? What is it that I need? Um, how to voice these things? How to navigate conflict? How to create sustainable relationships? Um, and just be really just aware of like my capacity overall. Because mm-hmm. one thing is polyamorous. Yes, that's great. Abundant. Love is abundant. But uh, resources are not. Time is not. <laughs> yeah. And being really just aware of like what that 
how that affects you and affects the people that you're with, right? And be responsible around it. So because of all these things, I had no idea that all of a sudden hosting a dating show would be like me asking people like, so how does your attachment style show up in the relationship <laughs> department? Do you know what attachment style is? Like, what are your boundaries? Like, what are you looking for in a partner? How do you show up in partnership? Like, I'm like, mm -hmm. oh my God, mm -hmm. I'm having a blast. Um, so what are your answers to those questions? I'm so curious what is your attachment style oh goodness is this a dating thing now are we like I, getting to I know mean, each other <laughs> we've got a, a pretty decent listenership so yes <laughs> lol i love this um so i uh in in the as i started to understand myself a bit more mm. i noticed that i originally or not originally, my instinct falls under dismissive avoidant. Mm. And I was really good at knowing a lot of people, but not really knowing them in depth or not letting them know me in depth. Mm. And I was having mm. a hard time trusting folks with my own inner workings. Also, I had very little knowledge about my own inner workings. I had no idea why I would start a relationship and then start feeling resentful fairly quickly. Um, it was because I wasn't voicing my needs. It was mm. because I wasn't letting them into my process. And I was kind of just like shutting myself off so that I can completely and fully meet the other person's wants and needs and never voice mine. Mm -hmm. um, and now that's like shifted a lot because I have done a lot of that work. Still, sometimes I can feel like, oh, I don't want to say anything. I don't, I just, mm -hmm. I, I'm going to work on my stuff and it's fine and I'll be fine and I'll move on. <laughs> And, and then I was like, okay, yeah, that's great. I'm glad that I'm, I'm responsible for my own feelings, but I would like to share what's going on so that the people that are around me that I want to have around me for the rest of my life can understand, like, you know, my humanity, what, what pulls me together, what tethers me together. And that's been a really incredibly vulnerable and gorgeous experience. And I have seen the, the fruits of that internal labor, um, uh, what 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 are the questions they ask? How do I show up in partnership? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, that is very relatable. So, like, yeah, how has that changed, or how how do you show up now? Yes. So I now I am I I am still very much a very giving partner, but now I check in with myself a lot more before I say yes to stuff that I mm. cannot or cannot do. Um, I used to harbor a lot of like shame and guilt and uh, and blame towards myself uh, and fear of being abandoned um, by sharing the things that are like going in my head. And so by by checking in with myself and knowing what I am capable of giving before just like saying yes. Like I'm now like, mm -hmm. if I say yes, I know I can do it. Um, and now I'm not as afraid of saying no and thinking, oh, if I say no, they'll never like <laughs> want me again. I'm like, now I'm like, no, I, I have more agency around this. And I feel more assertive in a way that's kind. Uh, and... So, yes, how do I show up as a partner? Um, I listen a lot more compassionately because I now have listened to myself. And even though in the beginning mm. I was like very uh, judgmental of my own um, process by seeing within me and and being curious about what's going on with me and showing myself compassion, that's only made my compassion towards everybody else so much more abundant. Because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm understanding my humanity. And then when someone comes up to me with something that's upsetting them or something that's like hurting them, I'm not taking it like, oh, I'm the worst person ever. How dare I? It's like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for sharing that. Let's I mean, like, and I listen and I'm a bit more receptive to mm -hmm. the process and just witnessing somebody in their humanity. Mm -hmm. um, I used to be a major fixer as well. And I still have moments of like, I want to fix. But I just yeah. like, I got to just witness, <laughs> just watch. All you yeah. got to do is watch. Nobody move. So, yeah. <laughs> so, and then, so do you have those transformations? Well, I have two questions, but the, one is have those transformations come about uh, through therapy and uh, what I'm curious what type of therapy you're in oh my uh, gosh and then <laughs> I, I'm also just curious sort of going back like uh 
when how long have you realized or been practicing polyamory like when what was that realization for you you can take those in whichever whichever order you choose vico absolutely no this is great so <laughs> i am in talk therapy and i'm also mm. i have a spiritual coach um mm. and my spiritual coach has been helping me not just with relationships in general but also just my relationship to work which is a yeah. big one if anything that's the one that i have to work with the most mm -hmm. because it's a very toxic relationship and i'm mm -hmm. aware of it um <laughs> she has me by the throat what um do you, what do you work to feel loved i do i certainly <laughs> do it's or i it's, do nothing at all it's one that, <laughs> it's one or the other it's a tough one because as as creatives right a lot of our work is very tied to ourselves oh God, and yeah. our identity and our sense of worth so it is particularly hard to really put yourself out there heart soul mind body mm -hmm. and be deeply scrutinized <laughs> and uh, rejected <laughs> and rejected so many times so it really there is you really it's so hard uh to to do your best to kind of be like okay show up to this and then caring mm -hmm. for myself and what is it that i need how can i how how do i how can i continue the day to the day to day without holding on to the sliver of acceptance this industry <laughs> yeah yeah totally gives you the crumbs it's really like it's not the it's not the gaslighting what's the thing yeah people that are just like breadcrumbing you and it's like oh look a little breadcrumb and you're like oh my gosh that was the most delicious meal i've ever had in my life and it's like <laughs> the smallest thing ever yeah um so how do i nourish myself um fully in in all that process um yeah my spiritual coach is the best goddess they're incredible they're trans they're latine and um Truly someone that has really helped me create rituals uh, throughout mm -hmm. my day that feel grounding. Because one of the main things that I've been noticing as well is that this industry is so incredibly inconsistent and so unpredictable that mm -hmm. creating ritual spaces within my daily uh, my daily routines are mm -hmm. so good because it's like, I know this. This feels good. I know I'm, what I'm going to do. I know what I'm going to get out of this. And like, I know this is going to be like nice for me, regardless of the inconsistency and, uh, and volatile energy mm -hmm. that the industry provides. Um, so that's been really beautiful. Um, I started therapy a little bit into lockdown, uh, end of, end, end of 2020. Um, Was that your first venture into therapy? It's my third, um, third, third career in therapy. Third career. Um, <laughs> well, the first one, uh, uh, the first time I've ever been to therapy, I was really little and it was due to, mm. uh, you know, something that happened to me when I was a kid. And then, uh, I did therapy again, when I was going through, I was about to break up with someone, my uh, my my last long-term monogamous relationship, and I was fully performing for that therapist. <laughs> I was so good yeah. at pretending that I was okay that even the therapist was like, bitch, you're fine. And I was yeah, like, well. I know. <laughs> yeah. um, Thank I was you like, so much. <laughs> I know. It was like, yeah. I'm just talking for an hour. Like, I'm doing great. Fully spiraling inside, fully yeah. in chaotic mode, but yeah. um, but definitely, um, but I, yeah, I was like not really getting anything out of it. Mm -hmm. Lockdown happens, and I have no other place uh, to look yeah. but yeah. within me, um, which was a journey because I had been distracting myself right prior, like going out a lot, um, just using everything and anything and everything to just like not look at, at the at chaos that was happening inside. Yeah. And when all of that stopped and I was living by myself and I'm like, I have nowhere else to look but inside my own inner works, I was like, Oh God, well, <laughs> let's see what happens here. And I started to kind of poke around. I started to journal and I was still kind of performing on my journal. Like I was like, let me just perform for me. Like I was oh gaslighting my myself. Mm -hmm. I yeah. do that. Yeah. Like if I write in my journal, I'm like, well, if I die, someone will read this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, let me wow. perform. <laughs> oh God, I know. Wow. So good. And then finally I hit the I hit the tube that was like clogged and everything started to come like up and I was like, oh God. No oh, damn. And it, like I finally it took me it's, by the way, it took me months to finally like let a tear out during lockdown because I was like so like gone home, like I am so fine. 
Finally, I hid the thing. I start like just never ending sobbing. And I was like, clearly I cannot do this by myself. So let's yeah. just like look for some help. And at that time when I looked for my therapist, I was like, I'm ready to open up. <laughs> Poor therapist. <laughs> I opened the laptop and I was like sobbing already. Just like absolutely just nasty. The most grossest like sob ever. And I was just like, I'm ready. I'm ready. Um Anyway, so now fast forward, like, I don't know, three years or something like that. And I've been poly for about the, I knew I, I, I knew that polyamory was something that I was interested in because like right as the end of my monogamous relationship happened, we had opened it and it was <laughs> yeah. only the entire, I know. The rest Tale of the as disaster. old as time. <laughs> it was it was so because she had said yes because she didn't want me to leave which is the first thing that you should never do That's um right. and i was like i just want to do it because i just want to fuck and then mm. i started to catch feelings for one of the people that i was like mm. frolicking with and like <laughs> oh no and all this like shame and guilt started to pour in because i was like how can i love two people what is happening and i panicked and broke up with everybody um and the spiral begunneth. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to describe it that I kind of just like locked myself out of myself. Like I just built mm-hmm. such thick walls that I didn't even know what the fuck was going on with me. Um, and so, yeah, through therapy, I started to do a little bit more digging. And I, and I was like, I think I can do this. I think I can create sustainable relationships, like long-term relationships mm. um, or short-term relationships that feel really grounded and and good uh and safe regardless mm-hmm. of the length or the type of of uh of dynamic that it is but yeah no that's that's essentially it so since i've been practicing polyamory like officially as a sustainable human <laughs> yeah yeah um for about three three years oh that's cool i'm curious too because well, a friend of mine just sort of recently, they, he was always this way, but, you know, when you find the language for something that you, you already are, it feels like a, a new a new understanding or a new uh, life uh, th- that he's, like, on the relationship anarchy uh, mode, you know? And that kind of sounds similar to what you were describing. It's like, I feel like polyamory c- can be relationship anarchy, but relationship anarchy isn't always polyamory. Is that the way that it I'm one, yes. one, one way or the other. I'm perhaps saying it backwards. It's a square and a rectangle. One of them's a square <laughs> and one of them's a rectangle. <laughs> you know? <laughs> a square yeah. is a rectangle, but a rectangle is not a square. You know what I'm saying. Because relationship energy can also include work relationships. All and that relationships. doesn't necessarily need... Yeah, all relationships. Yeah. Uh, familiar, It's just work. non-hierarchical. Correct. So non-hierarchical polyamory would be, in essence, uh, you know relationship anarchy and you can also have you know polyamory that it is hierarchical so you can have right, yeah exactly. many mm-hmm. yeah, would, relationship anarchy is like that would be the rectangle yeah that would be the rectangle <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm trying to get at my audio cut out for a second so uh i'm not ignoring you guys uh <laughs> it seemed like i was yeah. ignoring i was like doing plugs and i was like i'm not ignoring them totally no you're so good out. um anyway it's like actually guys i got another thing to do uh <laughs> cool bye. Giant bye. Television off of the road, so <laughs> yeah exactly kind of distracted by that um you uh was this in 2019 when you were living with we were hanging out and you were living with still living with your ex oh my gosh yes that was 100 what was happening yeah oh my gosh yeah when we hung out i was like living with my ex and i was like a chaos i was absolute chaos <laughs> <laughs> we okay this is my takeaway we went on a date <laughs> you two went on a date yes okay got yeah. it and then after the date we went somewhere and then you were like and i loved this at the time i was like this is a, this is a, such a incredible vico thing is that then at the end of the date you were i was like you were like i'm gonna go with my friends somewhere else because we went to like a bar where they were and i was yeah. like oh well i Did don't see a drag do- show by accident yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and then i said oh i don't want to do that i love Thinking- an accidental drag show well, and I was like, and I was like, oh, I don't, I don't think I want to uh, do that. Go to the next bar, and you were like, oh, okay, well, like, bye, but like, not in a bad way, but just in a way where, like, on a on a date, normally the person would like then like to go with you or so, but like, I actually like always thought that that was so great because you were just like, 
okay, that's not like I'm with my friends. And that's not really <laughs> my like you can come or not come. Like, <laughs> oh my god, honestly, you dodged the bullet though. Like I was, I was such a chaotic like mess at the time. So truly, <laughs> I don't even know. Like I was just like all over the place, just like Rejection spinning about. <laughs> no, I was like, what a slay that you were like. Oh well, I do want to go. And I was like, that's that whatever the opposite of codependent is. No, it's true though. I will say though, I went from like deep like codependency to like hyper independence and like and it was like, whoa. And then now it's like finding the fine-tuning in between both where I'm like, oh no, I wanna lean in and I wanna listen. And I also like, you know, I also wanna lean into me and like listen to me and see what's up. But yeah, no, one hundred percent you caught me in that like I went from like deeply codependent where I had like comp- I was I gave everything. I had lost myself and the other person mm. to like I am gonna do me, and <laughs> this is gonna do. It's gonna be now, chaotic. Now you're settling back down to earth, to, down to yeah, like. Yeah, now here we are. In, that was really funny. Oh my gosh, yeah, we did the. Yeah, we went to the that drag show. Yeah, well, that was yeah. Speaking of drag, <laughs> Vico, you do drag. <laughs> I do, I do, I do, my goodness. I used to do so much more, um, and now I haven't been able to like do as many shows as I, I would, yeah. my soul wants. Uh, but uh, but yes, I do drag. I, I recently did a couple of shows, and, it's, and it was so much fun. I'm so incredibly silly and ridiculous, and I forget, especially when I do drag in spaces that are predominantly drag queens, um, it's like such a stark difference in style, because uh, drag queens, their drag, their the the performance side is the the lip syncing, the the face, the hair, the fits, that that vibe mostly, and working the crowd, like walking around the crowd and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Which is fantastic, and then my, my style of of drag is more like performance art. Like <laughs> where I, I do I do things that I I I do setups of telenovela moments where there's like drama. One of my sets, <laughs> it's like I fall in love with a mop and I'm a janitor, and then I like cheat on the mop with a spray bottle, and then it's like a whole thing. Yeah, um, I also have another one where I'm this like explorer and I find this magical wand that possesses me into dancing and then I start to strip and then <laughs> so really it's just like what is happening yeah. um, or I'm this like guy who's like trying to sell some like frozen treats so I can finally buy a bouquet of flowers and then I get distracted by somebody in the audience and then by another person in the audience and then by another person in- <laughs> and now I have four partners that are like vying for me and then I just lap dance on all of them there's a lot of like lab dancing a lot of love mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. of burlesque um and a lot of like telenovela chaos um so that's that's uh that's me in so drag. you're not really like lip syncing to a song not always sometimes i do songs and sometimes i do straight up like dialogue from telenovelas and i just lip sync to to love confessions uh or have a conversation with inanimate objects um (laughs) (laughs) just it is a it is a trip i have phone conversations as well like i i I have someone that's yelling at me from the noise outside for being a goofball um yeah it's a it's a time i've done i want to lean a little bit more on this one i haven't fully gone on it but i've done a little bit of uh rope tying uh, on stage and I definitely want to explore more of that to so, like do a full like shabari set um that'd be fun I also mm-hmm. want to explore some like St. Andrew's Cross moment dressed as a priest you know it's just some stuff that I want to play around with um it's, you know kinky is always fun <laughs> yeah. it's nice to like I've been seeing more love for drag kings and also I mean I get I'm like a big drag fan like I love Dragula. I think Dragula is is right. It's on the right side of history. It's got the right people. It's so much better. Um, and they've done a lot of really amazing stuff with drag kings. And I think part of it too 
is that they showcase things that aren't just lip syncing to songs. Like maybe there's like one lip sync every season mm -hmm. or something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then Drag Race did a little bit of a like, oh, we're going to start lip syncing to uh, monologues. But like you could stand to do that way more. Like I feel like it creates this very narrow idea of what you're allowed to do. Yeah, drag can be anything. <laughs> Any anytime something gets into the mainstream like that, it gets it gets real real thin real fast of like what's what's acceptable within the thing. You know, I I saw some incredible drag in San Diego, um, where somebody did drag to Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, um, and it was like two scenes, and then also you know, dude looks like a lady. Um, and then yes. one of the other drag queens did um, did Silence of the Lambs, and then walked the room tucked, you know, like with the the kimono and everything. And I that's incredible. I, I was like floored. I don't remember the drag queen uh, drag queen's name that did the Mrs. Doubtfire, but it was Grotesca, Grotesqua that did the um, Silence of the Lambs, and I just was like floored from so many perspectives because. Like, you know, I grew up that that was like, you know, queer people were legitimately like against that movie, you know, for good reason. But then l you live long enough to watch art take something b back and change it and do it and like reclaim it was like pretty stunning. I mean, same thing about Mrs. Doubtfire. It's like pretty offensive and not great, you know, <laughs> but also like funny and meant something to me as a kid and then also you know whatever oh i love that i love when that happens i mean use art to heal absolutely exactly. art to reclaim yes. and i'm just like i'm resonating so much with <laughs> you falling in love with inanimate objects because <gasps> i just feel like that is like a trans mask thing because i distinctly remember dancing in my yard with like a push broom Incredible. And pretending like it was the mannequin from Mannequin, because I was That's like, incredible. "I want to be incredible. in love with this mannequin." <laughs> it is a you might enjoy. You definitely will enjoy my set for sure. Yeah, yeah, um, I gotta come see your I, set. I have those mops that, like, when you pull, you can squeeze them, right? So yes, if yeah, you flip yeah. them over, you can actually create a mouth form oh, with wow. the mop. So I lip sync with the mop and I lip sync with me and it's like a Incredible. whole duet number. Um, yeah, and then I like, you know, touch the the spray bottle and the spray bottle squirts on my face. It's uh -huh. a whole, yeah, yeah it's a time. It's, an, it's a time. I feel like <laughs> every time I do this, I'm always like, are people gonna be concerned about me after this? Well, we'll Hopefully. find out. <laughs> I have a question. So there's all this aspect to you, right? And then And then you're on a show that then has such a huge fandom and they find you, which is our flag means death. They find you, they go, wow, this is amazing. Then they have to go back and discover this other thing. Like where they're like, what is this? Like, what is how it, cause I feel like it's, it's like putting together a mainstream success identity with like this other identity. And like, how weird is that? <laughs> I feel like now everybody's on the same wavelength. Like, I feel like I finally was able to be like, okay, y'all know what I'm about, right? But in the beginning, because obviously my character in the first season was very, very stoic, very moody, and hmm. kind of just like closed off, would only allow like a, one person to really be let in into their like personal life, but barely. So, um, Doing that the first season and people were expecting that when they would meet me is like, oh, Vika's gonna be so broody and like, <laughs> like mysterious and whatever. And then they meet me and I'm a fucking like straight. I'm like a faggot. Like I'm just like fairy <laughs> sprinkling like pink rainbows, glitter, everything everywhere. And they're like, oh, my God, <laughs> this is so different <laughs> from what we were expecting. Um, and I'm like. So I was like, yes, come on in, slowly but surely, let me show you the the weirdness that is me. <laughs> and then, um, so, but I feel like now the fans know that I'm just like, just just this little fairy queerdo prancing mm. about, forest nymph, um, <laughs> <laughs> just throwing glitter everywhere. Um, yeah. Beatrice had the same experience where Rosa is so, Rosa Diaz is so stoic and whatever. And then Steph is literally like, Covered in glitter, pink. I, when I met her, she had like glittery little shoes. I did not recognize her. The first time I met her in person, we went out to dinner and I was expecting Rosa and she was like wearing these big pink glasses and like was in this like, you know, very uh, feminine outfit. And she was like, hi. And her voice is higher. And I was like, who the fuck is this? Yeah. 
Absolutely, absolutely. It has been fun though, definitely um meeting people and then just being like, yeah, you can you can be all the things. You can be uh stoic and chill and mysterious and then you can also just be a little muppet, you know? Um <laughs> and it's probably nice like it's interesting because I feel like there was a time maybe where like queer actors would have to be a little bit more guarded. And, you know, now it's like, you know, it's interesting, like hosting when you were in a relationship with two people, or I don't know if you still are, but hosting yeah. or with that and being like, that's my sitch, deal with it or don't. I'm on HBO or like, Whoa. you know, like that was a moment though. That was like, cause I was for a, yeah, I was like, okay, I have come out as many things thus far, but they are all related to me specifically, nothing that involves other people. And then I was like, well, if I'm going to keep doing this and I'm going to keep doing, you know, events and places and all that jazz, I don't want to always have to choose who to bring for these things, you know? Like, I want to be able to have the option to be like, hey, there's this thing going on and I love you for, I, I would love for you to come. And they can choose whether they want to do it or not, rather than being like, well, I can only bring one. So, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so then I was like, well, fuck it. Let's just, let's make it happen. So it was like, okay, we're going to do this. How How's everybody feeling about making it like official for the world to know? And it's been really great. We actually got, I'm, I'm going to be working a cruise in a month. Uh, oh, nice. And uh, I'll be doing some drag there too. And they, when they invited me, they were like, hey, you can bring a plus one, but also <laughs> if you want to bring the polycule. And I was like, <gasps> oh, wow. Yeah. So, so wait, how does that work? Is it like a discount or are they not? <laughs> um, no, nah, they're fucking, they're bringing them both. They, wow. For free, yo. Insane. I know. That's wild. I'm still kind of like in shock that that's happening. Um, but I will be slutting myself out in that drag. Ah. Like I'll be like, yo, I'm going to make sure that you feel good about hiring me. <laughs> so here's everything. Here's my whole body. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the exchange. Um, <laughs> Hell yeah. But yeah. Oh, I know what cruise it is. I've done, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've done it. <laughs> You've done it. A lot. I've done it a lot. What the um, hell? It's fun. I'm excited. What cruise? <laughs> it's... It's the Joko cruise. The Joko. I was. Are we allowed to like say? Uh, I mean, yeah. If you, I, I don't. I don't think it's a problem. Everyone gets to that, go on this fucking cruise except for me. Everybody can, gets to. Can I ask you one one question? You can continue mm -hmm. being resentful. Sure. Did you know about this cruise in, before we started talking about it? I knew about it when we started this podcast. Me and you. <laughs> when you told me about it. Okay. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I'm available to be reached out to. Why don't invite me? I don't know. The well, next year, they should invite both of y'all and well, just yeah, do a, yeah, absolutely. Why no, not? I decline. I don't. I actually am busy that week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's like no, bye. I'm, now, I'm, too late. The ship has sailed. Right. There was a very, very tiny window, and it was five minutes while we were recording this podcast that Gabe was down to be on the on the cruise. <laughs> um, I'm actually starting my own cruise. It's called the 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 new guys the Jada crew Jadu cruise Gabe Dunn cruise and um actually neither of you are invited. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Cool, I hope cool, you cool, have cool. A great time. Oh, was, yeah, nice. Um, I'll break a bottle of champagne as you. <laughs> oh, you're scared. How big is this boat? Mine's bigger. <laughs> so what? So what is on the horizon for Vico Ortiz? Oh my goodness. Um. I am doing a lot of animation and a lot of audiobooks, so that's that's uh, currently in the horizon. I am writing a one-person show in Spanish and in English, uh, so the Spanish version I'm the most excited about, just because I really want to be able to, you know, tour Latin America and the Caribbean and be able to connect to people uh, over there that can benefit, hopefully, mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. the experience. Um, so yeah, that's that's happening. I'm hoping by the time I'm done writing it, I don't know, sometime next year. I've <laughs> it's wild because when you're writing something that's very like you, I'm I mean, you both know what it's like. It's you're putting your heart, your soul, everything there, and you're like, do I have capacity to like say this over and over, however many times in a performance, and really lay myself bare like that? Okay, <laughs> um, so I'm excited, but I'm also like taking deep breaths and uh, mm -hmm. and making sure I don't exhaust myself 
but yeah. That's oh, that's I'm amazing. Going. So you would do like a like a play, like a one-person show. Mm-hmm. A one-person show. Drag obviously will be involved. Uh, How many mops? So. Oh, <laughs> at least for sure three. <laughs> Just like one big mop Three number. confirmed mops. <laughs> Especially for you. I'll make sure that number is like okay, for great. you. That's um, so, wait, so it would be in Spanish and in English. The, the You would do it both ways or it would include both Spanish and English in one show? It will be uh, two, one in Spanish fully and then one in mm. English fully. So wow. that is very cool and ambitious. And I don't know any other instance of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm going a little. Uh, I, I I wanted it I, in my brain. I was like, hell's yeah, because for me, my experience hits different in different languages. So I'm very curious. Like once I have it all set up, essentially tell the same story but differently because it's right. a different language. So I'm very curious what comes up in each show based on the language that I'm speaking. Um, Because that's kind of like what it's been like in general for me. Uh, Whether it's my trans experience, my my sexuality, my expression, everything feels different in different languages. So I'm Mm. very curious as it all pans out to be like, oh, it is the same show, but it isn't. Because it's just, yeah. yeah. I'm curious about that too. uh, You know, speaking to like your trans experience in different languages, like what, I mean, I we need a whole nother podcast to talk about it fully, I'm sure. But like, what 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 has been that experience? What what has that been like? You know, um, it's interesting because in English, most of the language is pretty neutral. Um, yeah. generally, most things don't have a, a gender, uh, right. except people apparently. Yeah. Like um, shampoo doesn't have a gender. <laughs> exactly. Well, Whereas... that's a bad choice because we definitely have gendered shampoo. <laughs> But when it comes but, to yeah. the the language itself, shampoo yes. is just shampoo. Right. Um, in Spanish, uh, everything has gender. Most things have gender: tables, chairs, mm-hmm. uh, experiences, uh, concepts. Uh, everything mm-hmm. has some sort of like gendered version of it, and that definitely affects the way that you see yourself, you relate to the world, and relate to other people. Mm-hmm. And I, in Spanish specifically, I tend to be a lot more uh, fluid with my language where I like mix around uh, concepts that were originally um, uh, written to be masculine. I like flip them to feminine and then the feminine to masculine and then I sprinkle neutral in there. Mm. And I do that with myself too when I explain or or express myself. Um, in English, uh, I stay mostly neutral most of the time. Uh, but in queer spaces, I feel a lot more comfortable, you know, sprinkling like girl, yes, <laughs> or like, you know, like guy yeah. this or like whatever. Like it's really fun to play with, with that. But um, – but for example, with Spanish, there was a, I'm going to try to be brief on this one, but in Spanish, or there was a, an experiment with three languages, German, Spanish, and English, and they all had these three artists draw a chair. And the person who spoke English drew a chair, and it was a pretty simple, just like regular chair, sturdy, mm-hmm. wood neutral right and then silla in spanish is feminine so the person who the artist who drew the this chair drew it with like cushions and like <laughs> curved uh angles wow. and like things that you're associating normally with femininity and then the word for chair in german is masculine so then the artist who drew the chair drew a chair that was like thick and like all these like wooden sharpened (laughs) yeah like a muscled chair um and it's just literally a freaking chair yeah so it really like language really um really affects the way that you see the world Mm -hmm. um so it's really interesting for me to like you know deconstruct language and fuck things up and then um and even like yeah like for when you talk about the future in spanish it's all masculine so then now i'm like oh i'm, I'm saying la futura instead of el futuro and i just like i'm i'm playing with it so i can like see a world that just encompasses all its flavors um and not just like focus on one and it's been really fun it's like you're creating your own language. Essentially. <laughs> Essentially. Everybody who's a purist language person is like cringing in the back. Like, mind. what are you doing? <laughs> right. And I'm like, flip the tables. It's been wild. Like, uh, so I speak Hebrew and I grew up, you know, you gender yourself and you gender all the stuff, or, of course. And so like 
you know, uh, it's funny to be so used to saying things in a certain way. And then and then realizing that I have to use the masculine pronoun for myself. It's like I have to pause and like think about it where I'm just like, because I'm so used to saying like, you know, she and then the word is a she and then the this is a she. And then I'm like, oh, the other one after like years. And I'm like, that means me. The other one means me. Ooh, English cares. <laughs> Oh, I know it hits special. It hits special. Those like mother languages always like feel like, ah, uh, hi, like it's like in your cells, in your bones. It's different. It also feels weirdly affirming because it's like, oh, you have to change so much language to be a boy, whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's like, well, we did it. Like we're switching. You can't possibly. I switched all the words. So now what are you going to do? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I riding high. I got called sir three times yesterday at Best Buy. You can't bring me down. <laughs> Hells yes. Hells yes. At an electronics oh. store? Uh, sir? Oh, that is Why very I look affirming. like I know where the electronics are? <laughs> I had questions about SD cards. That's hilarious. I know. I was like, let me, I, you have to, you, you can't put on confused lady face. You got to go in there, barrel I mean, you can in. put on confused dude face now if you want to. No, I, you have to look like you know what you're looking for. You have to call everyone man. You have to be like, you have okay. to be like, yeah, I'm just looking for a XLR cable, man. <laughs> I think you're looking for an HDMI cable. No, no, no. For This is an XLR cable. I look it up before I go okay. in. All right. so, that I, so that I don't just go, I need a little cable for my microphone. <gasps> But that with the man at the end. Yeah. Man. Man. <laughs> man. Oh, that's I cable for my microphone. Man. 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 <laughs> or I do that first, and then when he tells me, I go, thanks, bro. Nice. Yeah. I don't do that. I crawl in there. I go, please help. <laughs> I, I crawl into Best Buy. <laughs> Just being slammed by the automatic door over yeah. and over again. <laughs> Well, it's, oh, it's, image. it's funny, too, because I, I was listening to this, like, spiritual tape, um, this guy, Anthony DeMello, uh, and he was talking about, you know, like, once we once we attach language to anything, we don't see it anymore, you know? So, like, he was, like, giving this example of, like, you know, you have this child, and they see a bird for the first time, and they, they're like, oh, oh, my God, and then the, you know, the parent is like, you know, that's a sparrow, and then the next time they see a bird, they're like, oh, I don't care. I've already seen that. It's a sparrow. It's like, and I mean, obviously, this is just like a sort of a metaphorical example, but it's true. And so even that like essentialness of non of a neutral, you know, uh, language in and of itself is both powerful and completely limiting. You know, it's like it's both things at the same time. And I feel like for me, that's what trans people, what we all, you know, trans non-binary people uh, when I say trans, I'm including non-binary people, but I realize not everybody knows that's what I'm saying, so I'm saying it that way. Um, I feel like that's what we offer, you know, just as existence on all of us, every way that we do that, because, like, you actually can't just set it and forget it with us, because, like, each of us is different, so you can't just, like, you know, and so it's consistent. It's consistently changing, and that's, I, I feel like, Vico, that's kind of what, you know, you're bringing bringing to us today is like consistent change and that's the only thing you can really count on in life is that always, like you know always, for, always. yeah for me like you know i'm just being reminded in my own life that like um you know uncertainty is the opposite uh or certainty I, I always say it wrong certainty is the opposite of faith so like uncertainty must mean faith and possibility you know and like i feel like that's what we as trans people non-binary people gender non-conforming people like that's what we actually bring in our existences to people which is why it freaks them out so much <laughs> absolutely absolutely it's so beautiful that we are bringing in this uh almost uh in in the childlike wonder of life yeah. um because we often that's what happens you know kids are so like wow everything is this new experience and then all of a sudden we start getting bombarded with like you can't do this you can't mm -hmm. do that you have to be like this you have to be like that and you kind of start just getting jaded you know and then yep. you lose that curiosity as you grow and then you start making assumptions of yourself or other people and then setting expectations based on those assumptions and then nobody's meeting any of that and nobody's mm -hmm. and we're all angry and frustrated <laughs> and it's like 
how what what difference would it be if we came each and every day yep. with just childlike wonder and meet mm-hmm. somebody and be like, I wonder what this person's gonna bring to the table today without like looking at them being like, oh, they're gonna be like this, like this, like, that. <laughs> they're because- this thing. This is what they mean to me. This is what they must do. This is what I must do. Like all, and it's all the stuff too, right, Vico? That you're talking about. It's not just gender and our our own experiences of that and other people's genders. It's like. What, how, who are we relationally to everybody? And I, you know, there's just so much like, I just have a lot of like hope, even though, you know, five minutes before I was on this Zoom, I was very stressed out, but that doesn't, you know, that's life. (laughs) But (laughs) like, there's just so many people are just not, everybody is waking up to a lot of things on a consistent basis. And I feel like, you know, this uh, Pluto in Aquarius is like a big deal for everybody. It just like is a big deal for everybody, whether they know it or not. You know, that's the great thing about change is like, it's going to happen whether you are actively participating in it or not. Terrifying, but also good, but also terrifying. Indeed. And they can all (laughs) exist at the same time. (laughs) So Vigo, this has been a wonderful conversation. Thanks so much for being on the show. And like, where can people find you? I we you mentioned some of your shows coming up. You want to let everybody know where they can like see your art, find out what's going on for you, all that good stuff. Absolutely. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Puerto Rican Ninja. The same N for Puerto Rican is the same N for Ninja. Uh, you can find me on X, whatever. Um, at V underscore Vico underscore Ortiz. I'm also on TikTok, which is just Vico underscore Ortiz, I think. Fuck. I think that's my handle. <laughs> um, I think it is. Um, uh, yeah, I have a podcast coming up, Date My Audi the First, the second season. You can find the first one already on wherever you listen to podcasts. And I have several audiobooks coming up. If you just go on, on Audible, you can find mm. – you can just put Vico Ortiz and you'll see nice. uh, several several of those coming up. And I do a lot of um, – really sweet queer stories some of them are spicy so just be aware (laughs) that you might hear me say certain words that are like "Ooh!" (laughs) don't blast them on speakers at work use those airpods yes absolutely absolutely (laughs) um yeah (laughs) so that's that's where you can see me um that's where i'm at (laughs) thank you so much yeah thanks so much vico so wonderful to talk to you Likewise, besitos. This podcast is edited and produced by Logan Castrodali. Music by Atlas Bishop. Art by Maya Scarpa. Email us at thenewguyspodcast at gmail.com. Bye.